Okay, I want to say this. Oh. I want to say this real fast. Uh, okay, we're gonna get into this. Uh, we're up against it because of you guys. I love just <laughs> blaming the audience all episode long. It's just right. like look at <laughs> right. look at what you made us do. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 27 of the Most Awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, coming at you as we always do. And this Labor Day weekend, we have a dynamite episode for you. We're playing with a little bit of a new format. We're going to poke around. We hear you guys. Oh, chop it down. You're tired of waiting in your car, like kind of almost getting fired from work because you got to hear like the last 35 minutes. So we're attempting to do a a little tight hour this week for episode 27. We'll see how it works out. All right, go ahead and go ahead and subscribe. Search MAB Sports Podcast on iTunes. Give a thumbs up. Leave five stars. And always you can reach us at Podcast at gmail.com. This is a little message. Tell a friend. We hear you. And we're going to try to keep it tight. And with me, as always, you'll rue the day you ask him to cut 20 minutes off. His hot takes. Most awesome. I'm coming with the hour of power. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Doing the hour of power. Yeah, so we've been uh, we've been hearing you guys a little bit, and we're trying to we're gonna try to keep it tight on this one. So the MVP of this week, I think, is gonna be us up against it. You're probably gonna hear that a lot. Exactly. Yes, Mr. Four Star, we've heard you. Trim the fat. I get it. We're gonna we're gonna do our best. So um, yeah. So what we're doing this week is we have ripped from the headlines. We're doing 2018 Heisman hopefuls. We have an MA mm. MA parenting tip. Yes, it's back. We're talking surprises, not secrets. We're doing the Neapolitan Showdown. Best items from the grill. That's right. Little Labor Day. Ooh. Little Labor Day. We know you guys are grilling. We're gonna talk about it. Do the gambling corner. Talking some NFL props. I think we're doing uh, receiving yards. Rushing yards, uh, most touchdowns. We'll dive into it, and then we're gonna finish. That's called a tease, ladies and gentlemen. Finish. That's a tease. Finish like we do with our MVP of the week. Um, yeah, brother, they're asking for. It. We're gonna try to give it to them. So I guess we'll jump right into it. Uh, your MAB hour of power. Uh, let's go. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. All right, rip from the headlines. We're talking Heisman hopefuls. We all know that college football is my weakness, most awesome. Why are we talking about this this week? Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, because the NFL season is upon us, and it might be the last time we can shoehorn in some college football talk. <laughs> That's fair enough. So, so, so we're talking about uh, as as we're on the the precipice of the college football season, we're going to talk about a little Heisman hopefuls, who's out there, who we like, and. Uh, and who we think might take home that uh, that big statue. Okay, so I'm going to let you run through this. I have some thoughts on Heisman Trophy winners that are in the NFL now and a tendency that I saw. But why don't you give me, can you just give like the top five of kind of like the Heismans you're seeing right now? Right, right. So if you're, if you're really going uh, pretty chalky, you're looking at, I think it all starts with quarterbacks. You always have to look at the quarterbacks yeah. um, of the last eight or 17 years. Um, 14 of them have been quarterbacks. The other three have been running backs. So really targeted on that. If you're looking at that, uh, I think you got to really hone in on Will Greer. Uh, kind of statistically has the best. He's out of West Virginia. 
uh, statistically has had some good numbers. So you need the stats, you need the wins. Uh, they kind of have a week schedule uh, right up until November where they actually start playing some competition so he could build some Heisman hub. Uh, you've got Khalil Tate out of Arizona, uh, another kind of uh, spread formation quarterback running for 1,000 yards and also throwing for about 2,000 yards last year. So he gets Kevin Sumlin from Texas A&M as new head coach. Um, and then you've got two running backs this year, Bryce Love out of Stanford, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, and then a dark horse, uh, a defensive tackle named Ed Oliver out of Houston. Um, Ed Oliver most likely will be a top three pick, maybe even the number one overall in the draft, just a dominant interior lineman, but he's kind of that dark horse uh, Heisman hopeful to start the season. Okay, so break it down for me a little bit on – so what is it like? It's not like, you know, the Naismith Award, like in college basketball, NFL MVP. Like what goes into picking the Heisman? Because obviously, you know, you have players that might win the Heisman that aren't necessarily from like a powerhouse team. Is it about record? Right. Is it about straight stats? Like what's about? I think it's a little bit of a combination of everything. I think, you know, the the nod will be given to a, a, a top-level team. And if you're that best player on that team and you're a quarterback and you have decent stats you'll definitely get uh you'll definitely get the nod over some some lesser teams and some some lesser uh conferences the other thing is is you kind of have to have memorable moments the heisman voting really gets um they really get locked into kind of those signature moments in a season so you got to have kind of a, a signature win or or going up against the marquee matchup of the season you got to perform well and those really stick in the in the minds of the 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 committee and then finally you got to have some some uh some marketing behind you you got to have a little push from the school um there is a little element of like the oscars where people have to campaign a little buzz for the a little buzz buzz. yeah you got to get it and so if if people aren't watching like ed oliver out of uh houston um it's good for the program for him to get recognized in the heisman candidacy but it's also good for it's it's good for him but it's also very good for houston as well and they're smart to kind of really, really f- uh, focus the attention on him as a player and then thereby hopefully helping with recruiting. And uh, anytime the footballs, uh, the, the programs do well, that's a good thing for the universities themselves. So it, uh, uh, the rising tide lifts all boats. Okay, so we'll get into this. I want to talk about a little bit of the transition to the league, what the Heisman kind of means and what that translates to on what you're expecting expectations are for an NFL performance before we dive into that can you tell me number one give me a like kind of a Heisman upset where you're just like like holy shit like one guy that won that you didn't think should win and then one guy that was kind of overlooked where you're just like man that guy deserved the Heisman but he wasn't on a big enough squad and he kind of got just kind of overshadowed because he didn't have televised games oh um I think the Biggest upset probably had to go back to we're going to 97 with Charles Woodson over Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning was the darling of college football that year. And uh, Charles Woodson, a defensive player, the only defensive player ever to win the Heisman. He has some offensive plays as well, too. Um, But he kind of really he really snaked that from uh, from Peyton as well as Randy Moss that year, too. Your boy, Mr. Moss. How does that happen? Like, you know, like, how, how does that upset out? I mean, it's just kind of a voting thing, right? I mean, if it shocks everybody, like, it, it kind of seems like it goes chalk. Like, how does that upset kind of go down? Uh, again, it's it's the momentum of – it's kind of like also it's what have they done for them lately, for the for the Heisman voters. Um, 
uh, Peyton Manning did not win the national title that year as everyone thought he was supposed to. They actually, Tennessee actually won the year after with their quarterback, T. Martin, um, the year following. So Michigan uh, went to the Rose Bowl. Uh, beat a Ryan Leaf-led Washington State Cougar team um, and then took uh, home share of the title. So before the bowl games, that's kind of where, you know, he had a big performance against uh, against Ohio State, the rival, and uh, kind of cemented his uh, his legacy and especially those, those signature moments. Was there kind of a college player that you were watching? This is the other question on that where you're just like, man, this is the best fucking player in college football right now, and he got snubbed for the Heisman. Maybe not even like up like as a nominee like interesting because now it's it's hard to think about some of these guys i mean even if you just look back last year i mean saquon barkley really didn't get any buzz he kind of got here's the other thing when you have like penn state has trace mcsorley who's their quarterback um saquon had some pretty dominant moments um but was not even in the top five nominees for heisman totals and yet he was the number two overall pick in the draft um you know if you look back at like even going back to the 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 Tennessee Titans uh, Steve McNair playing for Alcorn State going on that that smaller school you know kind of tip here was a guy who had just all world numbers and really probably was the best college football player but just played in a in a small level level school and didn't really get the nod um, same with Randy Moss Randy Moss going to he had gaudy numbers but but played against um, let's go Vikes let's go Vikes um, played against the MAC conference opponents at Marshall um, I think he ended up going what 17th overall that year in the draft and part of it was just yeah is he really that good because the, the tape is against MAC level players and obviously the, the, the off the field stuff scared people away mm-hmm. um those are the only ones I can kind of really think off the top of my head. There hasn't been anyone real recently that I would say that's a lesser school that hasn't gotten the nod that they should. So in the last 10 years, like you said, I think you broke it down like over the last 18, there were like uh, six right. have been quarterbacks. Over the last 10, uh, nine have been quarterbacks. And I would say there's only like kind of one standout. And there's still time to prove on some of these other guys like a, like a Marcus Mariota, uh, Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. obviously a Baker Mayfield. But like... Cam Newton. I'm going to run down the list real fast. Uh, Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, Ingram, uh, Cameron, Cam Newton, Robert Griffin, Johnny Mazzell, James Winston, Marcus Merida, Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. There's only one on there that I think is like a true, legit, proved myself in the NFL being Cam Newton. Right. So, so obviously like a Heisman Trophy is not a like an automatic pass like you're going to be uh, like an NFL star. It's almost seeming right. like the opposite why is it a little bit of what we used to talk to, to what we talked about like a couple of weeks ago where just kind of you know new quarterbacks heisman happens happens to go to a lot of quarterbacks and you're thrusting the nfl and you're just starting too quickly like what's happening why is this not translating well to the nfl yeah and i think that there's just um i th- think that there's a lot of pressure that comes with it and it's and it's really one of those things that just kind of really shows you that football is is a is so much a team sport versus an individual sport and I think yes you can you know the quarterback is often the leader of that team but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the best pro prospect I mean if you think you look back at uh uh uh, Chris Wanky, who was the quarterback from Florida State, who played baseball and then came back to it. He won a Heisman, then um, had kind of a middling career, actually played for Carolina, um, but he was an older prospect. You had Eric Crouch from Nebraska, uh, who ended up 
converting to a safety, and he and he won as a quarterback at Nebraska. Um, and you just you just have um, usually a lot of times like the older voting. Gino Toretta, uh, a name from the the late '80s, was the Heisman Trophy winner for the University of Miami, uh, went in the seventh round. And really, what it just says is. He was able to, to kind of lead a really excellent team and thereby kind of make himself look better um, stat-wise. If you've, He's got great running backs and wide receivers and great offensive line, but he himself is not that, uh, that penultimate player. And uh, he was a great college football player, but not re- necessarily that means he's going to be a great NFL football player. Uh, this is a wild question. Pulling one name out that I kind of watched a little bit play last year and excited about getting him two years ago. Sam Bradford, is he a bust? Yeah, here's the thing that I'm I'm very disappointed about Sam Bradford. I, I would say he is a bust. I, I think I, I hate giving the bust tag to some guys who just can't stay healthy. Yeah. I think they're they're kind of you know they're they're cursed by their own uh, physical limitations in terms of just staying healthy. Um, and I don't think it's really fair to label somebody's a bust. Like, you know, the the Ryan Leafs of the world, uh, the Pete Warwicks of the world, yeah. um, and anybody that, that just doesn't live up to the hype because of their own doing, not because their their body can't handle it. it it's tough. But here's the thing is, is like as a young uh, Lions fan, and I'll, I'll give a, a shout out to Mr. An- uh, Anonymous Tan Laundry. Um, when we drafted Matt Stafford out of Georgia, I was – wildly against that pick because I wanted us to wait for potentially Sam Bradford coming out because I thought he was just going to be, he was, uh, he was in a, an interesting, like, you know, high powered offense at Oklahoma, put up a lot of gaudy stats and I loved his accuracy. And he had kind of that subtle athleticism. And I was like, this is going to be way more of a pro style quarterback. And you've got Matt Stafford who's got, yeah, big arm, but I, I just don't know. I don't trust him. He didn't, they didn't win a ton of games at Georgia. Uh, I was totally wrong. I was dead nuts wrong. Uh, Matt Stafford is a great quarterback. Take a drink. He's definitely in. Take a drink. Uh, totally in the top seven quarterbacks in the NFL. A uh, little underrated, Matt Stafford. But, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that's so hard to, to really peg who's going to translate well and who won't. All right, real fast, uh, we're up against it because the audience makes us up, up against it this episode. Uh, <laughs> right. What is the the quarterback right now in the rookie class that you give the best shot of being around in the league and outperforming all the others? In, the, in this past draft class? Yeah. Oof. Um, Cause it, it was it was, it was it was quarterback heavy, right? Oh, it was very, yeah. yeah. We had five quarterbacks go in the first round. Yeah. Um, you know what? I gotta love the moxie of of Baker Mayfield. Uh, I think if he can, he's accurate. I think he has enough arm talent to make him suitable. I think he could have a. a this is a lofty. This is very lofty, but I think he could. He could have the skill set and the the career arc of maybe like a, a Drew Brees, someone who is a little underrated in the start of his career. And then gets in a right system, right fit, uh, either either on a new team or with a new offensive coordinator, because he can throw an accurate ball and he does have some skills and he's super super competitive. So I see him putting in the work. Um, and then the other guy who I didn't think was going to translate, who has shown some flashes in the preseason, uh, Mr. Lamar Jackson out of Baltimore, yeah, his really looking, yeah, really looking kind of a sexy pick and a good transition play for um, for Joe Flacco in Baltimore. So, and he is uh, an un, un, 
unreal athlete. I mean, he is a uh, in the top one percent of one percent of athletes, uh, and his knock was accuracy. But he's able to kind of he's he's really made some progressions, and I think it might be good for him to kind of learn from a Joe Flacco for a year and then unleash the beast uh, year two. Oh man, we could do a whole pot on Flacco. All right, up against it. Uh, show off your telematic <laughs> skills, though. Uh, who wins the Heisman this year? Let's hear it. So we get it on tape. Ooh. I'm gonna go. Oh, ooh, if I, if I like the chalky pick, um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. We're gonna buck the trend this year. I'm gonna go with uh, Bryce Love out of Stanford. We have eight returning offensive players, three offensive linemen. Bryce Love ran for 2,000 yards last year. If he gets in that same same level and 2,200 2,200-ish yards, and Stanford makes a run of it, I think. I think they. I think he pulls it off. Um, yeah, you heard it. And here's 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 another dark horse one too. Mm. I don't know if you uh, get to do that another... anymore. Most awesome. They're cutting us off. The Onyx are that? cutting us off. They're cutting. No, 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 no. This is <laughs> I, I know you're like, not going to stop me. I know you're not going to stop me. Like I'm just like I'm adding more time to it to stop you. Let's hear it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with another running back. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor quietly broke Adrian Peterson's all time. Uh, rushing record for a freshman last year, 1,977 yards. Wisconsin returns 10 offensive line or 10 offensive players, offensive starters. The I think the entire offensive line. Uh, I'm looking at it real quick. Yes, the entire offensive line, and uh, they're going to run the table in the big uh, in the in the Big Ten in their conference. Uh, I think they possibly could go uh, to the Rose Bowl this year. If he runs for 2,000, 2,100 yards, some big gaudy touchdown numbers, uh, he's only a sophomore. I, I, They're not afraid to give it to him, and I think he, he could end up winning it. Ooh. I'll take it. I'm going to – I think Wisconsin's playing tonight, negative like 20 and a half points. I might have to hop on that. All right. Uh, let's go MA, MA parenting tips. Uh, let's go. All right, MA, MA parenting tip. We're talking surprises, not secrets. Why are we talking about this this week, bro? We're talking about this because we're just talking about uh, a little a little philosophical uh, adjustment in the way parents and kids and why we all kind of interact. And and what I'm getting at is is you you probably have have heard this you know, sentiment brandana. It's like, Hey, this is just going to be our little secret, right? Mm-hmm. This is our little secret, little thing between us. Yep. Well, when you're raising kids, there are no secrets between parents and the kids. You don't want to create an environment where it's okay to keep things from anybody else. Um, you could see, obviously your, your mind can go in many different directions and how that could be uh, either manipulated or, or, or just m- misused and, and what have you. So what you want to do is you want to you want to get the notion of that secrets are okay. We want to get that out of our heads, and we want to talk about surprises, in in lieu of a secret. Mm. Because with a surprise, what happens at the end of a surprise? We all find out what's going on, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So so if if I have you know mommy and 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 us are we're, we're planning a, a birthday present for mommy, it's a surprise, not a secret. And the reason why I, I talk about that is, is just so like there's no other you know way that another kid or, or God forbid another adult could have that secret with that kid and they feel like it's okay because yeah. 
here it's okay for secrets when we're keeping a mom, mommy's present. And here's another secret that, you know, we want to be aware of. So we don't have any secrets and we only have surprises. The other thing is, is if someone tells them, hey, this is our secret, hopefully we've kind of put a little bit of a negative connotation in their mind that, hey, this could potentially be something that I don't want to either partake in or I want to, you know, notify the parents of. So that's why I say surprises, not secrets. And if someone's really trying to press them on secrets, they they know that, you know, we don't, because we, we, we just want to create an open environment with our kids. And that, and another way is to just make sure that, hey, we, we talk to each other. We, we, we express everything that's going on. We don't, we don't hide anything. And if we're upset, we're upset. If we're happy, we tell each other. Um, if we're upset, we tell each other what's going on. So you don't want to have this environment where you just kind of, just keep stuff to yourself. We want to try and create an open environment. And that's just one way to kind of, you know, in all directions, kind of keep it open for the kids. So how do you tiptoe the line of the difference between like, let's say it is a surprise for mommy, like her birthday present. And this like, right. I mean, mo like mom would never do this. Like Dr. Miss the commission would never be like, Oh, what am I getting for my birthday? But like set the difference between like, like a lie, like every question is like, oh, lie for like to like hide the surprise, but like not lying. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like differentiating the difference between like lying, but not like making lying like a thing that you can do. Right. So I think you can. Yeah. And and if you're the parent out there that's, you know, trying to needle your four year old to try and figure out what your birthday <laughs> present is. You, All right. right. You maybe, maybe. Yeah. Not, not a great. <laughs> you take a long, hard look in the mirror. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, <laughs> Not a great example. I hear what you're saying. But uh, yeah, it's just no, like, no, I know, I know what you're, I know, I know what you're saying. Like, like, the, like, the, yeah, the, like the nuance of just like the difference between like a secret, a surprise, a lie, like a fit, like all that stuff. Because you know you want to be honest, but it's like I, I can see how wires get crossed on. I don't right. Like yeah. The, the, the lying. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's going back to like doubling down on just open lines of communication. Like we tell each other the truth, but in some instances like a birthday or, you know, for, um, like, a like a party or an event where we're going to go to that we don't want to tell grandma and grandpa, we're just not telling them now, you know, we've got a, a birthday party coming up here in, in October. So we're not going to tell, grandpa about it when we talk to him because he's going to find out when we have the party for him mm -hmm. so it's 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 almost just kind of like even i guess it's hard to explain but just like deferring the truth you know what i mean yeah. we're not not telling him the truth we're just we're going to tell him when it's the right time for his party and it yeah that definitely can get a little bit gray but hopefully you don't have so many of those events coming up on a regular basis right. that <laughs> hey uh problem solved yeah. quit throwing fucking surprise parties <laughs> like if you just don't throw 14 surprise parties a year maybe you don't have to have the conversation the difference between like a little white lie and like a surprise right Exactly. Yes. It's not uh tinker toy soldier or whatever it is, uh, you know, so, uh, but yeah, so that's that man. Dynamite brother. All right. Uh, we'll keep cooking with gas. Uh, it's high noon motherfucker. I got my six shooters. Let's get into it. Let's hit him with the jams brother. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. All right, Neapolitan Showdown. What you people show up for watching M.A. and I battle it out, you mm. sick mm. fucks. Uh, we are taking it on the positive tips, the best things to peel off the grill. 
what meats are you bringing? What veggies? What's going on? I think most awesome one last week with his home run, his dark horse out of the very end. What was your? Mm. What, what did you hit me with? It was. I hit you with the Arnold's. You hit the me Arnold's from... with the Wonder Years. That's well right, learned. man. Kevin Arnold, brother. All right. Well, this is this is very Americana right here. It kind of fits into the Wonder Years. What are you throwing on that grill? What's your number three? Oh, I'm just beaming with a, a Trace Pete here, Brandiana. So we've got the holiday season coming up, mm-hmm. and so we're all going to be doing a little bit of grilling. Yep, I yep. don't know about you, but I, but I am. And so uh, uh, I'm going with a classic. I'm going with corn on the cob off the grill, my friend, as my number three. Ooh, that was on my consolation bracket. Uh, oh, how do you do yours? Then let me ask you. Okay, well, that, a secret. Yeah, for, yeah, first of all, I want to say that's ballsy. You're a you're a manly man, and I did not. Thanks, bro. I did not put you. Uh, yeah, you can't see him right now. Sun's out, guns out. Just like exactly. like an undershirt, but not like. Now, like I wear like sleeveless shirts sometimes. The man's wearing an undershirt, just like a like a man around the house. It's a Friday night. We haven't, you know what, brother? That's we right. haven't got to do a Friday night pod in a while. This is old school. That's this right. This is throwback it MAB is. pod. This is that. That is. I got the undershirt on. <laughs> I got the sweatpants on. Yep, you know what I mean. And I'm and, and for for everyone listening, I'm filling. I'm filling this this undershirt out. <laughs> I'm filling it out. Filling it. Uh, you know, I I don't like to get cute. Uh, I definitely don't do any cheese on it. Uh, I'll do like you know yeah. I me. Mean? I'm not a huge butter guy. Like I just kind of like natural flavors. I don't. But I don't wrap it in the foil. I think some people wrap it in the foil. I, I want. I want it on the grill. Like I don't want to just heat it up. I want the charred marks. Okay, yeah, the chart chart's good. Here, Uh-oh. here's Here an underrated. If you, underrated if you say you're putting go. fucking mayonnaise on this, I will terminate this no, pod. Right now. Some no, some people do that. No, what do I, it's wild. What 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 am I doing? Like, no, it's wild. no, no, no. Um, here's here's what you got to do. Here's the way to cook corn on the cob in on the grill. I should say, you take your corn in the husk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You put them. You put them in a bucket or you put them in a, a pot. You fill it up with water. You let them soak. You put a little bit of additional sugar in there floating around, and you let them soak for a little bit. Sugar or you salt? Ho- sugar? Sugar. Oh. Sugar. We're going for sweet corn, baby. Oh, sweet corn. Right. Listen to me. No, 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 no. It's not like – it's not – no, 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 no. Here, here, listen, listen, bro. Listen. Trust me. <laughs> I'm, l- I'm listening. Not, it is not like – it's not like fucking candy. <laughs> you put like a scoop right. of sugar yeah. in there just to sweeten yes. it up. Scoop corn of sugar. Corn is sweet, Co- right? Cover, corn covered is sweet. in nerds. Like put some Twizzlers on top <laughs> of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes, yes. So you let it soak, and then you throw them on the grill because if you throw it in the husk on the grill you don't want the husk just incinerating and just being this charred mess if you put it uh soaked in there it actually steams and steams that in get some of the juices flowing through there you get a little the hint of the sugar it already has a natural sugar in there and then when you peel it off it comes real easy because you got all those strings coming off there you could do a little quick finish get the char marks on on the grill i like that throw it back on there it's fucking delicious bro what do you what do you know about you're 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 fucking you're you're a charred mess sir you're a charred mess uh my number three is i'm going with the classic i'm going hot dog and here's where i'm gonna bring up hot dog like of course like it's are. boring it's fucking chalk but i don't want it out like from a street vendor i don't have all the time on the toilet the next day to dedicate to eating from yeah this no life. roach coach yeah you can't do it but there's something about, like 
if there, if there's a food where I'm like not interested at all, but you throw it on the grill and I'm just like, yes, let's do this. It's a hot dog. Like a grilled hot dog is just like it's classic. It's you know it's summertime. Throw it in a bun. How do you decorate your hot dog, sir? Ooh, um, I will go with a hot dog. Yeah, is it sugar? Just gonna sprinkle some sugar on it? Yeah, nerds <laughs> and Twizzlers. Um, um, no, I uh, I will go a little bit of uh, mustard. Um, I, I I can go yellow mustard on that, or I will go with like a, a Coleman's mustard that's got a little spice to yep. it. Um, and I do like a Chicagoan dog, so I do like. I won't make it, but I'll definitely order one with like tomato and all that good stuff on there. A little pepper. All right, I'll challenge you right now. Relish. What's on a Chicago dog right now? Because Chicago dog's my favorite. What's on it? You got your tomato. You got your relish. Uh, you got uh, the little the little pepperoncini on there, and you usually have a sesame bun. Pretty close. Sport pepper. And is that what it's called? I didn't know what it's it is. Sport it's pepper, whatever it is. Sport pepper good. and kosher salt. You're you're a you're a sport pepper. <laughs> I'm a sport pepper. All right, I'm giving my um, September second is Labor Day. I'm doing a classic Labor Day. That's ninety two points for nine two. Uh, you did corn on the cob with. The amount of sugar calories you're getting so that does put you at plus eight at 100 just on the sugar you added okay uh plus eight Ooh. going into number two take the ball out sir mm. i love this category because i love to grill yeah and i love to eat yeah and also i so i, I feel I, on... I feel like you were just warming us like you were teasing us a little bit with that vegetable business it's just like er- yeah, er- exactly. everyone knows most awesome ain't just like, oh, is there a third corner on the cob? Like, no, he's just like, he's <laughs> right. eating that to feel okay about himself come Tuesday morning. All right, what do you really got? Right, like, exactly. Let's, yeah, let's exactly. Really I, I'm go- I like the mushroom skewers. That's where I'm going next. No, I am going, uh, I'm, I'm staying on, on the skewer tip. I'm going with a kebab. Damn it. And, I just uh, fucking put on, go- I just put on my list also, fuck shish kebabs. Fuck shish kebab. Fuck shish kebab? Yeah, man. Oh, please, bro. It's, no, it's too. Why? Because it's like, it's the kind of person I think you said you were this person before. It's the kind of person that like eats the steak first and then he eats all the yes. mashed potatoes and then he eats like the green beans. It's just like you don't like, I, I know it seems contradictory because you mix the flavors, but you just get like, it's not all encompassing. It's just kind of like a one at a time thing. I don't love it. Well, you don't. I don't know about your cob etiquette, your shish kebab etiquette, but sure. I don't like pluck them <laughs> off the skewer like that. Sure. Just the way that you're emotioning. Right, I yeah. mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not deep throating a kebab. No, I scoop them all off and then all I. Right, all right, all right. I will. So, to- yeah, yeah, so yeah. totem pulled me the kebab. What's it look like? Let's stand it straight up. Okay. Like, well, what are we going so, down? So it's so first off, no chicken. Okay, course, you got to go of steak. Of course not. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I didn't. I. Of I, I just not. don't want you to no think bring up amateur chicken, hour yes. here. Yes, exactly. So you got to get all the peppers, right? I got to get I got to get a green pepper, a little red pepper, sure. uh, even a little bit of yellow pepper, some summer squash, maybe a zucchini in there, and you're just put a little mushroom on there, and then you're just boom, 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 every other with the steak, like but and just delicious butt mushrooms, right? Where's what mushrooms? Butt mushrooms, right? Butt mushrooms, like the little. Oh, I think you said I think you said butt mushrooms. I was like, <laughs> no, are, are you no. are you insulting me right now? <laughs> no, no, no. What do you? No, what? put the mushrooms that on. It feels offensive. Where, where's the? Uh, and it would be if that's what I said, not what I said. Where's the okay. onion at? No onion, brother. Oh yes, I, okay. I, I do have the onion on. Well, there. Why, yeah, why, why don't you kick off it, like you're kind of double downing on squash? You have like just like would you like butternut squash and like zucchini, kind of the same family. Once you no. knock one of those guys, get an onion on there. Get a jalapeno and really but, live but, up the party. 
Oh, well, who's, who's first off, what maniac puts a jalapeno on a fucking skewer? But here's the other thing, too. Here's the other in the kebab family. If you go with a shrimp, just straight shrimp, and you get a little bit of butter on there, grilling shrimp on there on that kebab feel, ooh, that's delicious. I love kebabs. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you two kebabs side by side. If you have the skewers, that looks like an 11, 11 points. Uh, I like it. I'm going... Because I'll eat this anywhere. And I'll be very specific. I'm staying in the Tuber family. I'm going Bratwurst. And Johnsonville Beer oh. Broth specifically. They're so good. Like, don't give me a knockoff brat. And also, don't give me, like, a super expensive, like, made-it-myself brat. Like, give me just that classic yellow packaging with that little thing on the top and just throw those on. The The tricky thing with brats, I don't know about you, like... I can't eat a broth that's kind of pink inside. Like you got to cook it through. There's just I know we're all excited yeah, yeah. about our broths and we all want to peel them off. Like it's a little bit, it's a little close to the chicken families. Like you got to leave those sitting on there. But it's just like sure, sure, sure. Yeah, if if it's a little pink in the middle, it's diarrheaville. It really oh, is. You got to be careful. Oh, I forgot to tell you my hot dog setup, but it works for the broth setup also. I'm doing mustard. Yes. I'm doing onion. Okay. And I'm drowning it in some. The only time I eat it, sauerkraut. Throw that yes. shit on there. The only time crowd is acceptable, it needs to be on a sausage in a bun. Okay. Well, what kind of bun? Let's let's even take it deep deeper than this. What kind of bun are you doing, bro? Because I have the answer. I have the. Oh, you answer. got a bun answer? Okay. Well, you did. Oh, Ooh. I have. I, showing I fuck this showing up. me up in front of our pod family. That's fucked up. Exactly. Well, let's hear it. No, no, no. So, so first on your your dead nuts on with the with the brat bratwurst. They're delicious. What you got to do? Is you got to get a little pretzel bun, my friend. <laughs> Toast it on the grill. You're gonna get some. You're... Slide that juicy bit of meat in there. Douse it in the sauerkraut. You're you're right. I, I, I'm not on the onion tip as much as you are because uh, I like to talk to people after <laughs> eating my broths. But <laughs> not interested. But but then uh, but then yeah, you got to hit it with that spicy, that little that little uh, that 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 grainy brown mustard. That's so delicious, and that's it. You just got to keep it clean because the flavors will let it do it, it do its work for itself. All right, uh, I'm going with yeah. I like your take. A pretzel bun. I can kind of make that look like a pretzel. Maybe looks like an eight. I'll go eighteen. That gives me. That gives me right at 110, and you're 111, pretty close to a dead fucking heat, as we always do. Okay, I want to say this. I want to say this real fast. Uh, We're going to get into this. Uh, We're up against it because of you guys. I love just (laughs) blaming the audience all episode long. It's just like, look at at what you made us do. Uh, I I love asparagus on the grill. I love little charred marks and some asparagus. Like, I like that veggie. Like, sure. Off. Sure. And then also, what's your thoughts? That's on- not your number one, is it? No, no. Of course not. No, no, okay, no. Okay. We're doing a little con- We're doing squeezing a little preview. consolation right Just here? right. I'm squeezing it right now because as soon as I win, we got to get out of this segment. You understand that. <laughs> what's your thoughts on a George Foreman grill? I love the fucking Foreman grill. I love it. it can, do you um, count that as like, it's kind of half grilling? You're able to grill like inside your home, like when kind of grill on the go? Grill For, for the grillers on the move? <laughs> Just plug it in wherever. <laughs> Where, you know wherever. what I mean? Hey, gotta, uh, hey, I'm just on the sub. I'm on the subway platform. There's an open outlet. You guys, it's uh, it's 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 bratwurst season, bro. You guys can't see me right now, but I got a foreman plugged in at the office, and I have just a stalk of you know a bunch of corns on the cobs covered in sugar. Just seeing how it tastes. 
<laughs> You're not putting it in sugar, Brandon. When you come <laughs> well, to Indiana, I'm gonna show you all how right. it's fucking right. done. You're going to you're going to you're going to, have to do an emergency pod just to reverse your stance on, right. on this. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, where were we at? What were we talking about? I totally <laughs> forgot what we were talking about. I was in a, a foreman grill, like yay or nay. Oh, 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 yay foreman grill. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're uh, in college, it's a great it's a great <laughs> All thing. Right, okay. But, you know, they get, they get funky, man. Those things get what? nasty. You just, you just, and that little drip tray, <laughs> the little drip well, tray. You don't have to uh, eat out of the drip tray. That's just like anything. That's like an ashtray. You just throw it away. Like, you just replace it. Like, I'm saying, like. Exactly. You could throw exactly. It. So if you smoke inside or grill meats okay. inside, <laughs> so, you're in the okay. same family. So do this for me. The next time, most awesome, maybe the kids are away, the most awesome will play. Take by yourself a six-pack of Johnsonville brats. Throw one in the foreman grill. Hop it like so. Start your shower. Throw a broad in the foreman grill. Hop in your shower. Get most awesome all ready to tackle the day. <laughs> like I like how like a bratwurst is breakfast now. But get ready to tackle the right, day. Right, 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 then come right. out. Exactly. Slap that in your pretzel bun. Cover it in some Dijon mustard. Throw some crowd on there. You're not talking to anybody because the family's away. Throw some onions on there. Take a bite like a breakfast on the go. Man, how big of a solve exactly. is that? Congrats, brother. Congrats. Right. Ooh, man, my, my, my breakfast is looking uh, sodium-filled. I like it. All right, number three, where we figure out who gets the three-peat, or if we're starting over again with Brandana pulling out a W. It's 110 to 111, most awesome leading. Take the ball out. How can this not be the same thing? But let's hear it. Mm. Um, it's got to be steak. It's got to be yeah. – you got to go with the New York State strip. Yep. I mean, it's like or, – or you could go any version of this. I, I, I love steak. Um, the marinades are just limitless. You can even do a little chimichurri sauce to go along with it. I love it. It's delicious. All right. Um, so I have a New York strip steak as well. Uh, I knew it, bro. I know. I should have fucking called I it. I should have called it, too. We both should have done it. Like, the only thing would have been – I didn't know if you are a ribeye guy or a strip guy on the grill. I should have – yeah. Yes. I actually would have guessed ribeye, so I got kind of lucky on there. Here's what uh, what the temp what's the temperature do you cook it to? Oh, it's it's medium rare. Yeah, that's mine. Pink, pink in the yeah. Uh, exactly. Heavy on pepper. Yeah, I and I just like doing. Here's what I like: a very basic just rub or marinade on it is just. Uh, that kosher salt, like we said, like the little, yeah. I like the crank where you just grind it on top, a yeah. little bit of pepper on top. Yeah. And then I like to do a little bit of Worcestershire on it. Yeah. Let it just kind of stew for, yep. I don't know, like an hour or so. Yep. Then throw it on there when it's warm. Just just two, just one turn, yep. boom, you know, like seven minutes on the Foreman grill. Yep. And then we're ready to go, bro. <laughs> yep. uh, do you, any barbecue sauce? Breakfast is served. Do you, <laughs> any barbecue sauce? No. Fuck! All right, I was just looking for you to fuck up. Uh, All right, that's that's a tie on the last one, and you're ahead by one point. That is Most Awesome's first three-peat. Congrats, brother. Three-peat? Quattro-peat. Are we four deep? That's four, brother. We are on uncharted waters. Good thing the guy who scores it doesn't know where we're at, because, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard a record. Four Pete, motherfucker! I would have scored that differently. Ah! <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here. Next segment. Yeah, we're up against it. We can't. We can't go back. Uh, let's go.
Brandana Gambling Corner. We're talking NFL props. We're going to try to hit. We're gonna hit three, four if there's time. I'll imagine we'll dive in deep. Uh, so we're just looking. There's always time. A little. I don't know if there is anymore, brother. Okay. All right. 2018 NFL regular season receiving yards is what we're coming out of the gate with. Uh, just to hit them with some stats, if you're playing at home, you can look this up on Mohawk Online. Uh, we have Antonio Brown plus 250, Julio Jones plus 455, Hopkins plus 630, Beckham Jr. plus 1200, Keenan Allen plus 1200, AJ Green plus 1500, Mike Evans plus 1600. That's the top. And I think we'll dive in a little deeper on a couple others. But what's sure. your thoughts out of the gate? Well, I'm, I'm automatically looking at a couple stayaways, yeah. just like in, in the, the Mike Evans, yeah. even the Michael Thomas. I'm looking at those two going. I've, I, I wonder if you're going to see eye to eye with me on Michael Thomas. Like, it just doesn't seem like that. For me, like receiving yards, I want some scenarios in play. I want kind of a weak running game. I don't necessarily right. want a team that's not for receiver, maybe for passing yards, but I don't want a team that's playing from behind necessarily all the time, but I kind of want, it's got to be like a top tier quarterback and it has to be like not a lot of other options. Right. It, um, I, I think we disagree a little bit on, on Drew Brees and the stat line. I, my biggest thing is, is he's got a couple other options to take away from his targets. Now he did, he was fourth in targets, I think it was fourth in targets at like 150, uh, basically like th- what, uh, like 25% of you know all of Drew Brees's uh, attempts were were toward Michael Thomas, and he was up there in yards. But I just think um, I think with the Cameron Meredith and you've got Kamara now being a, a, a fully formed piece of the offense, and you've got um, Ted Ginn still there, I think. Yeah, I don't see him. I think the ball will get, you know, Drew Brees will be smart and spread the ball around too, too much. Uh, and then you've got the just the quarterback woes in Tampa Bay for 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 Mike yeah. Evans. So I, I just I would stay away, even though those look like enticing numbers. Although for I, I don't, plus I, I don't feel like Fitzpatrick is a huge woe. Like Fitzpatrick Evans could still be like a solid like tandem. Yes, but they have, again, here's where we've got lots of different options, right? You've got Deshaun Jackson, who's a deep threat. You've got um, Cameron Brayton, and O.J. Hayward, Howard, the two tight ends at Tampa Bay. And then you've got, um, you know, um, the second-year player, Chris Goodwin, who has yeah. had a, a great preseason and kind of running up the thing. So it's just um, – you just – you're – it's good for Mike Evans, I think, ultimately, because he's going to face a lot more one-on-one coverage. Um, but I think he, they're going to spread the ball around. Can I throw a number at you and just get your take on it? Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams plus 2,100. Is that crazy? Ooh. Like, so A-Rodge coming back, highest player in the NFL. I think, like, sure. I think he does have a little bit of an attitude of, number one, he was – out and no one's buzzing like oh he's lost it it's, it's not like that at all i think he's excited to be back i think like that time off on the sideline like you know he he realizes like his career is finite and maybe like it's time to sure. really make a run and not an impressive running game at all and i think he slings it around and i don't think there's a lot of like other like real threats as options and i'm and i like adams so i could see like you know i, I see like a couple plus like two plus two hundred receiving yard games from him sure so real quick 
and I, I'm, I'm going deep into the Rolodex on here. How many thousand-yard seasons does Devontae Adams have mm. in his career? I mean, you're just going to pull up out of your dome, I guess. Because uh, I think the answer is zero. I, I know, but did, like, does it have Jordan Nelson that had that connection with Aaron Rodgers for so long? I, th- I think like uh, his his number two connection all time from Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Nelson on his career in Green Bay. Like, doesn't having that not option not there anymore? Isn't he kind of Aaron Rodgers like a consistent dude? Like, likes his target. Yeah, I mean, you could you could sit there and make the assumption that he's going to fill into the Jordy Jordy Nelson role in that offense. Because okay, um, well, then, I, I hear what you're saying, but here and I hear the tone you're taking. Here's what I'll assume: I'll assume like nothing's going to stop Aaron Rodgers from throwing for like just under four thousand yards, like no matter who the fuck he has there. Sure, so someone's got to catch. I would the agree with ball. that. Right, right, right. And so I just I just looked it up really quickly. Uh, yes, I was shocked by this. Devontae Adams, the closest he came was in 2016 with an Aaron Rodgers, 75 catches, 997 yards, 12 TDs. The year after where, where Rodgers breaks his collarbone, 74 catches, 885 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, which is, so, which is still not a terrible stat line for not having Aaron Rodgers in, what, like 10 of the games? Yeah, something like that, right? But still, but still, he had a full season. Did, did, you could did, argue did we almost take a drink at the same time? <laughs> it's just like, which did. doesn't, yeah, which doesn't work for the pod. <laughs> like if both of us, right. like usually, you're pretty good. It's just like, oh, I see most awesome pulling up his beer bottle. I'll take a little break. I'll fill up this air time. Uh, but yeah, so it's just one of those things where it's like, you could you can make the argument like he's due. He's the number one guy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Aaron Rodgers, uh, brother. Thing. I'm not. I'm not making a it's due argument. I'm saying like it wouldn't be nuts for that tandem just to like rock and roll and just keep going because like Aaron Rodgers is going to throw it somewhere and that could be his like new target. It could dominate all of it. All right, a really quick two more. I want to throw at you to see your thoughts. Um, Brandon Cooks plus seventy two hundred. And the Oof. sleeper one I was kind of thinking of, and let me find it, T.Y. Hilton plus 1900 Either Either of those yeah, worth the, 100 bucks. I mean, if for 100 bucks, yeah, you might as well throw it on T.Y. Hilton just because, because anything could be happen. Anything could happen with, with luck. And, you know, when you talk about options, there isn't a lot of options in, in Indy. Um, so he's the guy. But uh, he's really going to have to show out for that to happen. Um, I, I think your 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 money's best served on like I mean Odell Beckham at plus twelve hundred seems crazy to me, right? I mean, doesn't that seem pretty high for if you're looking at Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, who's got yeah injury history? I mean, I, I don't. And look. then DeAndre Hopkins at plus six. What do you say, six thirty yeah, or six twenty five? Plus six thirty. Good memory. Yeah, I, I think the only thing with uh, Odell Beckham, I mean, there's a big chance that this Barkley guy could pan out. And like I said, like what I'm looking for, like a receiver, is like a uh, a game that's really reliant on the pass. Even if that's be like uh, if you're winning team, like right. it's just like I think like if Barkley starts balling out like he should, like that's just going to take away from targets and also like you put in the eli manning factor hasn't been super consistent over like the past three years sure. so it, it's not quite as chalk as it looks like on paper sure uh, all right yeah i mean that's where i would look at i if i was if i was going to take one I, i'm taking deandre hopkins that's why that's why I'm all right d hop plus 630 uh i'm gonna i'm gonna fucking do it i'm gonna put a hundred dollars on Devonte adams at plus 2100 i mean it just seems like i don't know i can see that happen ty hilton's tempting but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go on 
Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Relax. R-E. God, time to spell that out. I'm an <laughs> asshole. All right, real there fast. You, go. Uh, you, go. you want to talk about most touching, uh, most passing touchdowns in the 2018 NFL regular season. Uh, let's talk about it. We got Brady at plus 800, Aaron Rodgers plus 645, Breeze plus 1200, Roethlisberger plus 1300, Rivers plus 1300, Wentz plus 1300, uh, some other random names, Russell Wilson plus 1700, uh, Alex Smith plus 2700. And for all our loyal chief listeners, Patrick Mahomes at plus $3,400. What's your thought? That's insane. Plus $3,400, that's insane. No, I'm just kidding for that. That's for the cheap cheap fans out there. Um, Here's a guy um, that I'm surprised is that number. So who who led it in in 2017 in passing touchdowns? It was one Mr. Russell Wilson at 34 TDs. I find it interesting that he's so far down below. Now, he only won it – he just – eked out Wentz. I, I've got the numbers in front of me here. I'm not going off the dome. I, I was surprised to see that just initially. You're such an honest man. I know. I try to be. No no, no secrets between us, Bob <laughs> Partner. Just surprises. Um, here's a guy that you... Here's a guy, here's a guy that you didn't mention that I really like. Yeah. At plus 1700, mm-hmm. uh, at least what you shared with me. We're keeping it in that uh in in our in our in our base here. Mr. uh Mr. Goff. Yep, yep, with yep. the Rams. He was only off last year by 6 TDs. He had 28 TDs. Mm-hmm. He's another year under Sean McVay. He's got Gurley, he's got a lot of weapons. The tight ends are getting a little uh, little nicer, and he added Brandon Cooks to the mix, which I would say is an upgrade over uh, Mr. Sammy Watkins, uh, yeah. Lizard Lizard Man <laughs> Watkins. I will say this: like obviously, you and I, we talking about our over under. I think we brought this up when we were talking about AFC East on Tom Brady. Yeah. Like that plus eight hundred dollars is not enough. Just the idea of him twisting an ankle, or you know being 41 or 42 right, or exactly. 50 yeah. like not kind of not worth that money i don't think the payoff from aaron Rodgers is enough at plus 645 and I'm, I'm really not sucking up to our fan base but that patrick mahomes plus 3400 wouldn't be the most insane hundred dollars ever put down do you hate well, it like leading, that yeah leading 34 leading, to one 34 to 1 is is nuts especially when you give when you, when you make the consideration that he has Tyreek Hill, Kareem yep. Hunt, a lot of weapons. Travis Kelsey, now Sammy uh, Watkins, <laughs> did, Lizard Man Watkins. Did, did we just talk about Lizard Man Watkins two times within 60 seconds on two different teams? We did. Exactly, we yep, did. That's we what did. we do we here. Did. See, that's what you um, don't get if we tighten this up to an hour, guys. That's what you miss out on. I know on. exactly. You don't want to miss, miss out, out on, that. on all those hot takes. Um yeah, he's got he's got a lot of op- options. So, so really I think you're what's the, what where do you set that what what number of touchdowns do you think wins it? You think it's in that 35 Ooh, 34 Good question. Good question. Mm, man. So, what do you look for like a guy's going to pass a lot of touchdowns? I think guys that the usually are the front runners on this are on successful teams. It's not a f- playing from behind team. So, you're not going to get like uh, you know, you're not right. going to get a Blake Bortles like junk fucking touchdowns is going to win this. So I do think there is a passing revolution happening. I think with the way yes. you can't tackle, like this could be kind of like that, you know, not steroid base, but the home run upswing that we saw in baseball, whatever, when you and I were just entering college, it's kind of that same thing where I, like a lot of mediocre quarterbacks are going to get really good really quick. So, you know, 
averaging two two and a half touchdowns a game doesn't sound insane to me. So what I want to break down is like who do I think has the most weapons and a good offensive line to protect him that will keep their foot on the gas because some some teams are going to play different football like Jacksonville right. like we brought up Jacksonville like Jacksonville isn't like a foot on the gas like they're just they want to win the football game get the fuck out of there I think Cole- yeah and they want to they'll lean on their defense they have their defense to lean on yeah a team like the Saints now are kind of they're they're pivoting a little bit it used to be like full throttle let's just keep slinging the thing now their defense is caught up to their offense Drew Brees is a little bit older Exactly. Um, I think I think I, th- I think the Vikings are the same way too. I don't think the Vikings, you know, with underneath a defensive minded coach, they're not like the foot on the throat team. Like they're just no. going to want to win football games. So that yeah, takes that exactly. Up. I mean, they're they're going to want to win like twenty seven to you know to to seventeen. That's that's the typical Vikings game. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely control game. So I, I want to see someone that's going to air the ball out. The Aaron Rodgers number isn't high enough to make it interesting. Deshaun Watson is a little interesting. Uh, plus fourteen hundred, I still don't think is enough. Uh, Matt Stafford plus fifteen hundred, not tickling your nose a little bit. Oh, I, uh, plus fifteen hundred. Yeah. Yes, I would take that because he was third last year with thirty, what thirty-two touchdowns? No, twenty-nine touchdowns. Tom Brady had thirty-two, so he was only five off the pace. See, that's the thing is, is two and a half. Is no one even sniffed that? Russell Wilson had 34. I was surprised to see. Let's go back in 2016 and see what those numbers were. Oh, that's surprised. Like no one averaged two and a half last year. No, yeah, 34 was the high. 2016 was Rodgers was at that two and a half mark. He was right there at 40. Matt Ryan was at 38. Drew Brees is at 37, and Phil Rivers was at 33. So that was even a higher passing tilt. Last year, let's go back to 2015. Yeah, you know, right at 36, 35 you know, last year. You know what's awesome about that? Most awesome is what we got to keep in mind is the fact like those are like those were established guys also that kind of like right. knew their weapons, comfortable back there. So it kind of seems hard to put you know like a Deshaun Watson or or Garoppolo at that tick as someone that's just like yeah. a couple guys that are like the second year in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the Pat Mahomes thing is 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 a hard pill to swallow. Even at thirty four hundred, it seems juicy. Yeah, but that's why they set the lines like that. That's like, exactly right. You're going it. You're like every Chief fan is is fucking gushing over that because they're like, I'm 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 paying out. I'm I'm winning thirty four hundred bucks on a minimum bet. Right. But then it's like, I mean, I I, I mean, in twenty seven touchdowns. That is a responsible number of touchdowns that I think would be like like way exceeding the limit yeah. of of Pat Mahomes. Okay, so here's what I'll do. I'll do uh, I th- I think where I want to throw my bone, and I know this is kind of a little consistent, but I'll do Andrew Luck at plus twenty four hundred. I think he's the biggest wild card. He's the biggest wild card for the NFL. Sure, he's the biggest wild card for Vegas for fantasy sports. Like he's just the biggest wild card. Like if he's back and he's really back, like he could make an honest run at it. Right. I'm gonna go. With, I would go with Jared. Goff at plus like 17, 1800, somewhere in there. I think that's what it was at. Um, I take that money just because all the offensive weapons. Now, their defense is significantly improved, but at the same time, he's he's kind of he's trending upward. Upward, he's on uh, his his third year in the league fourth year in the league and sean mcveigh is a pretty offensive minded coach I, I don't think them i don't think uh mcveigh being that kind of young aggressive coach is going to take his foot off the throttle um and rely on the defense i think he's going to want to bury teams and set a set a real real trend as uh who's the alpha dog in the nfc 
I'm a little weird. Did Goff is there like a is there regression in the mean this year? I don't know why I think that's gonna keep happening. I, I think like you know started out really shitty, and, and the same with Gurley also, right? Like Gurley wasn't right. great out of the gates, and then like last year they both kind of blew up simultaneously. Are they stepping up to that next tier, like where they belong, or is there like a little just like we were under the radar and so we like overperformed might be strong. I know like there's incredible defense there right now. Sure. But who knows? Like, is their offensive prowess like as aggressive as it was last year? Now that like their defense is even more solid than it was last year. Yeah, I think so because I think it's a, it's just a totally different mindset of, of who the, the head coach is. You have Sean McVay, who is a, 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 you know, a savant in terms of offense, and he's just grown up in the game. And, and before those those seasons where you had that first season, that rookie season for Goff, um, was a Jeff Fisher-led team. And Jeff Fisher was like kind of the, hey, man, 9-7, and seven, get us in the playoffs. I'll keep my job. We'll keep it very uh, – uh, we'll, we'll, we'll play it very conservative in that John Fox kind of mindset right over in uh, in Denver. It's like, hey – We'll just keep it. If we win twenty-one to to fourteen or seventeen, that's that's good enough for me. Um, and it's just a, a the 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 NFL game had caught up to Jeff Fisher, and uh, they just were not they were not creative enough for the for the new NFL. Yeah. And I think uh, I think McVeigh's on that vanguard, and I think uh, he's going to carry along with them. Uh, plus, they're they're all in, right? I mean, they're invested hardcore yeah. in that team. And as they, uh, as they should fucking, be, let's as blow the door be. as they should be. Let's blow the doors off this thing. We got it. We got a small window. Let's, let's make people know Let let's pick, let's make our name known. Let's be, uh, you know, like the Rams of, uh, St. Louis. Let's, let's get it going. Maybe, uh, man, I came into this podcast with having such control about keeping it an hour. And then I literally did the opposite thing. Should we get out of this fucking segment so, and go to our MVPs? I'm glad you brought this up, but yes, we need to get out of here. All right. Copy that. All right. MVP of the week. I'm going New Orleans Saints picking up Teddy Bridgewater. I'm giving my MVP to the New Orleans Saints. I'm giving it to Teddy Bridgewater. I'm giving it to the Jets. I just sometimes trades happen that it works out for fucking everybody. And it's like this sure. is just one of those trades. It's just like I'm excited. You know, I'm a big proponent of quarterbacks kind of taking their time before they're thrust out in the spotlight. Like Teddy Bridgewater, for a different reason, had to like take a step back because his knee fell to pieces. And it seems like he's got a real shot at this league on a on a good or, or good organization that has a good tradition, and he'll you know be underneath one of the greats for like two years, and then step in and take that over. I love it. Yeah, no, good, good on him. Good comeback, Bridgewater, um, an excellent character guy. Excellent, just. Uh, uh, they're They're probably going to make, he's probably going to be like a motivational speaker, you know, come down the pipe, you know, when his career's over or just talking to people about just the fortitude that he had, just the spirit that he had to come back from that injury. Cause that was a gruesome injury. Yep. And, uh, he did it with a, the, there's an article talking about it and the doctors just commended him for just his positivity through that. I mean, you could, you could imagine what, uh, how emotionally devastating that injury could have been to just anyone, let alone a professional athlete where that's how they make their, their livelihood. And, and, and Bridgewater was, was not, I shouldn't say unfazed, but he was singularly focused that he was going to come back. So good on him. I, I like Teddy Bridgewater. The hardest thing in sports is watching someone make it to the league and just get injured in the preseason or like, is it like, it's just like, 
you don't if you just really think about like their entire life they were focused on this and they finally made it to that goal like after 20 years of trying or whatever and then just to have it like taken away on injury is just like but yeah it's terrible yeah yeah so i'm gonna go i'm gonna keep it in the football family i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with mr aaron donald signing in uh the other day a big old fat contract cha-ching uh cha-ching play that money song that we don't have the rights to uh 135 million dollars uh 87 guaranteed i'm gonna drop a hot take right here a little telemab thick for Uh you 2021 will be the final season of aaron donald and you're going wait most awesome he signed a six-year deal he that if you add six to to 2018 that doesn't make sense no 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 there's a little out clause pre-2022 that if he's not on the roster it's only an eight eight million dollar cap hit so my i'm telling you right here folks get used to the next uh three plus years of uh or three four years of aaron donald because he he ain't on the rams in 2022 damn i think that's a slow push for the mvp of the week being your lawyering skills like diving on the contract nice look at that i just i was on page 42 and i was like eureka (laughs) i found it brother i'm gonna try to find some odds on that for you uh great um god i wrote this down before we recorded this we'll see how it works out let us know what your thoughts about the new hour of power is might not be an hour (laughs) email us as you always do at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com we want to see those labor day pictures send us a picture of your labor day weekend we will take a guess on air about how many drinks we think you had at the time the picture was taken i am brand dana where can they find us on social media brother quickly at Mab sport underscore sports, uh, all platforms. Just find us. <laughs> just find us. Just do your work. Uh, yeah. Have a good Labor Day weekend. Be safe. Sign yourself off. Most awesome. Oh, I'm coming with that sizzle with my George for Mab <laughs> podcast grill. <laughs> Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Oh.